Hey guys, hey guys, welcome to the Crossways Podcast, where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm excited that you're here. I'm Jonathan Germany, and sitting virtually right next to me is my good friend and co-host, Joshua Fowler. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, drop us a comment. Let us know you're here, as tonight we're talking about the discipline of confession with Aaron Hartlow. And man, welcome to the show, Aaron. Uh, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Well, we're, we're glad you're here. You're all the way from Topeka, Kansas. That's right. So that's it's a, that's exciting. What's and I think we talked about this before, but but what's the weather like? How's it going in Topeka? Uh, Topeka is actually it's beautiful today. Humidity dropped and it's perfect weather, so it was it was a really good day. Uh, we are known from uh, that short little uh, clip from a Cartoon Network show of a little blue guy saying, "It is hot in Topeka." Uh, when I uh, when I interviewed and took the job here, that was the first video somebody on Facebook sent me from Topeka. They said, "Hey, we're excited that you're being here. You should watch this," uh, and they sent me that video. <laughs> you know, Aaron, I've known you for uh, man, we're going on getting close to 15 years now, but uh, that is the first time I've heard that story. Really, I did not know that. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> Thanks. <laughs> Always learn something new. Something new every day. <laughs> that was one of the, that was uh, Tommy Goodrich uh, sent that to me. And yeah, I know you'd get that laugh. That was one of the kids in my youth group. I think he, he was either a junior or a senior the year that I came. Okay. That's funny. That's good stuff. Well, man, I, I'm glad we're here. And uh, I was, you know, looking at some things uh, before we hopped on here. And there's some kind of outcry about this Taco Bell thing. That's right. It's a big deal. This is a big deal in my household. Oh I'm glad goodness. you brought this up. Well, let me tell you, I have a confession to make. Oh, good. That, uh, my, my confession is that I could really care less about the talk, the, about the, the Mexican pizza. I mean, I, I'm just not too upset about it. Them are fighting words. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm upset that they got rid of the Frito burrito. I mean, I pulled up the other day and I said, I want a Frito burrito. And they're like, we don't care. I'm like, what? All it's right. the only thing I ever ordered from this place. All right, are you ready for my soapbox? This is this is it. I'll, my I've I've boiled this speech down for you. First okay. off, I'm offended and mad they got rid of the double decker taco. Okay, now that was my home for many years. No matter what I ordered, two double decker tacos always went with it. My biggest pet peeve in the entire world. This beats any Star Wars things whatsoever. Is when it doesn't matter if it's 24 hours two weeks, three years later, but you go into a fast food place, they took the thing off the menu yesterday and you order it and they look at you like they'd never heard about it their entire life. It first happened to me in high school when Taco Bell had Mexi nuggets and they were so good. And I used to get them and put them in my bean burrito. And it was like, that was life. It was so good. And I went up there and ordered it. And I was like, yeah, and I'd like to get an order of Mexi nuggets. And the guy was like, what are those? Have we ever had those? What is that? I just ordered from you yesterday, man. <laughs> and you ordered me Mexi nuggets. Like, what's going on? I, I hate that. And my not- wife, my wife will be like, Aaron, calm down. It's not that. And I was like, they know about it. I don't know why they're <laughs> acting this way. It's a conspiracy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not just fast food restaurants. <laughs> Uh, I was in Kroger today, and a Kroger employee, two of my friends, uh, I love you guys. But uh, so I was, I was at the deli, and sometimes I order these, uh, some of their wings they have. Sometimes they have the rotisserie, and I can't pronounce that correctly, but it is what it is. And they're they're always delicious. Mm. But one time they had they put this like barbecue dry rub all over it, and it was outstanding. Well, my wife used to work at Kroger. Uh, when we first moved here before she got her job with the state. And so I made friends with a lot of them. And uh, and I go there enough where, you know, I know a lot of them. And this new lady was behind the counter today. And, it, and I was all upset because typically, you know, I can walk up there and if they don't have the barbecue dry rub on it, oh, they put it on for me. I just ask very kindly. And maybe they just make exceptions for me. But this lady was like, oh, well, we, we can't put that on, you know, the cooked chicken. We, I can only put that on the raw chicken. And, it's, and I was like, I almost was like, you're new here. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I just, you know, 
I had a mask on so I could make a, a rude face, and she didn't know. And I kind of just stood there. I was like, okay. And I kind of went and uh, got my, you know, smoked chicken wings. Yeah, minus the barbecue rub. Well, I, since we're doing, like, uh, you know, fast food confession, before I get to that, let's go ahead and, you know, we can kind of prime our audience, and, and I'll prime you guys, too. Think of some, uh, you know, clever ways in which we say – I was wrong or you were right without actually admitting, you know, fault. Okay. So for our audience out there, what are some clever ways in which you say I was wrong or you were right? My, uh, my confession, especially when it comes to fast food is if I pull up, whether it's at a counter um, or, you know, at a drive through and I say, I would like a number three. And they say, would you like the combo? I say, Yes, I want the combo. The number three is indeed a combo. If I just wanted the burger, if I just wanted the nuggets, I would have said, give me a burger. But when I say I want a number three, I'm asking for a combo. So, and I say, I'd like a number three with a Coke Zero and a large fry, please. Would you like the combo? Yes. No, I'd like to pay for those separately. That's right. Could I play an extra $2 by purchasing those all individually? Um, that's my uh, meaningless uh, confession for the evening. Working I'm saying so your confessions were meaningless. I just assign meaninglessness to mine. Well, well the, the Mexican uh, pizza is just, you know, brutal. Not, not that is anyway. That is my uh, so that is like my wife's go to. That is her favorite thing at Taco Bell is the Mexican <laughs> pizza. And they had recently just got rid of. So we've got this deal. We went to uh, every time we go to KFC, like they advertise like that they have grilled chicken. Well, every time that we go, she's like, well, I'd like to get the grilled chicken. They're like, oh, we don't have that. She's like, yes, you do. It's right here on the menu (laughs) on, you know, we don't serve that here. And so, uh, and so this is just one of those other things. And so now they've taken, oh, and then we went to McDonald's and she ordered something there. Oh, we don't sell that anymore. Okay. And so she went to Taco Bell. Oh, we don't sell that. And she's like, Everything that I like, they just take away. <laughs> Craziness. I like, you know, speaking of our spouses, you know, in our audience question, if you're watching, we do want you to tell us clever ways to say I was wrong or you were right without, you know, admitting. I don't even remember what it was about uh, because it happened so frequently that I'm wrong um, with my wife. But um, uh, I, <laughs> I remember there was a specific time because, you know, we don't like to admit things. And there was a, a specific time. I don't even remember what it was about. And she kept looking at me. Okay, Jonathan, say I was wrong <laughs> and you were right. And I and I and I was. I don't even remember what it was, but I kept was like, I was not accurate, or that did not go the way I thought it would. She goes and say I say you were right. I was like, can't do it. And 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 I kept <laughs> saying different things like you were less wrong or. <laughs> You know, or it worked out that, you know, and she goes, no, 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 say the words. <laughs> it's so hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to go with either it's possible I was wrong. I was wrong once before. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought I'd made a mistake. Turned out I hadn't. So I was incorrect in that moment. Yeah. Or, hey, if that's what you heard me say, you must not have heard me correctly. Because, you know, hey, let's uh, let's ease the weight of this wrongness, you know. Mm-hmm. Aaron's never wrong, so this I is. Know, not, I, I, I know. I was like waiting for Aaron's example. Yeah. Aaron's like, sorry, guys. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll, I'll let you know next time I'm wrong. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I let's, let's go to this. Aaron has never admitted that he was wrong. <laughs> Not even when, uh, in a form of revenge for the cup of ice water I poured down his back, he dumped an entire <laughs> igloo cooler of Amen. ice water on my head. Just saying. You got to take I, it up a notch. I don't, I don't get even. I just end it. Yeah, that's right. I like that. I like that. Uh, I, I see you and I are similar in that way. That's right. uh, I appreciate that. The most that. Christian way to handle things. Yeah, but I guess why is and, – and I'll ask this question, or I guess um, – why is it important for us to confess? Because it's so hard. But I, I don't, you know, I know it. Why is it important? Um, so for me, like what I was, I was meditating. I was really thinking about this really hard. 
and I was wondering, like, why why is confession such a hard thing for us, like, as a society, as an individual, as a person? Uh, and I think it's because there's some trickery that goes on with the idea. Um, uh, right now, I will make clear, confession is something that frees us, right? Mm -hmm. Confession is something that frees us, uh, and it really does. But we have backed ourselves into a corner, uh, and a society has taught us that um, – and we were just joking earlier, but it's the same thing that – but if you confess, then, then you have put yourself in a cage because there is only one way out of that, and it's you being wrong, right? Um, and so when we confess, we are admitting that, hey, we were wrong, and for us as a society – if you confess, then you've allowed and you've played all your cards, right? You've laid it all out there. You've played all your cards. There's no more secrets. There's nothing. You've got nothing left other than you're wrong. Um, and so confession is is kind of a scary thing for us. Uh, and I think confession is so important uh, because it allows us to truly have this understanding uh, of what grace and mercy truly is from God. Uh, because when we play all of our cards out when we when we go before God completely naked because that's how He sees us anyway, right? Like He tells us yeah. if we're lying, he, he can see us fully, whoever we are. So it doesn't matter if you confess or lie or whatever. God knows, and so when we do that, uh, we're actually unburdening ourselves and unbearing ourselves. And uh, I think that goes a lot with with how we teach and how we talk about forgiveness uh, and what confession truly is, and that it's. It's not this thing that traps us, um, you know. Uh, it's not. It's not something that puts us in a cage. It is something that frees us. And when we get into this habit of confessing when we've done something wrong, confessing when we are wrong, all these kind of things, um, that it really kind of sets us free um, and lifts those burdens from us. Yeah, I think about those, uh, like those moments. Um, in my, in my age and as, you know, my relationship with my wife has progressed, um, you know, we never really had secrets, uh, but there are those things that you just kind of wanted to keep private. Maybe it was with a wife, maybe it's with your kids from your parents, you know, as you're growing up from your other friends, um, even the smallest of things, it doesn't have to be some great sin, you know, or some great error, those small little things um, that really are in that space rather meaningless. Uh, but the, the unwillingness to come and say, man, I was wrong. I am so sorry. I just continue to try to look for ways to make it right without people ever knew, knowing something was ever wrong in the first place. Um, and the weight and the burden of carrying those things around, of, of just knowing and, and, and it just continues to build and continues to build. And, and I, I love that, that picture you painted of, of the freedom that confession brings. It's when you just say, look, man, um, I'm, I was wrong. I'm sorry. And if there's a consequence that comes from being wrong, let me have it. I deserve it. I, I've earned that consequence. Um, and realizing that that consequence only continues to grow as we continue to delay confession. Um, and that that freedom that comes you know why is it important i think it's important because it it takes that burden that load because we can't we can't bear it right yeah We're made yeah. to bear it and and i wonder um part partly and i won't go back to something that that aaron said about being naked you know and being vulnerable i don't know if he used the actual word vulnerable but it it's not comfortable being vulnerable and and that's partly why i think it's so hard for us to say i was wrong you know, because it does, you know, like you said, show all of our cards. Yeah, I, I'm showing you everything, and I'm admitting that that I made a mistake, that I don't have it all figured out. And, and we almost think vulnerable means weakness, but it, but vulnerability is actually takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of bravery, a lot of courage, and humility. You know, humility is not weakness. You know, and we make that mistake or that misunderstanding way too often. Even those of us who are who are you know trained to you know in biblical studies who who should know that we even struggle with admitting that because we almost feel like 
because we should know better when we do make a mistake, we have to put up this this front or put on a mask because people might think less of us when in reality we're telling others to do the opposite. And and that and that's a, a problem, I think. Yeah, why do you wake up why do you wake up from a dream in a cold sweat when you've shown up somewhere in your skivvies? You know, because you know, it's like, ah, we're not good at, you know, being no. fair before anyone. And just yeah. that idea of being embarrassed or um, isolated or in, you know, put on the fringe is uh, it's hard, man. Uncomfortable. Well, James chapter five kind of brings out that point, too. Right. Uh, where he says, he says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Uh, it's, it's it's really interesting how James really brings that in, you know, and he he, he opens James and, and he talks about this, like this trust and this relationship that we have with God uh, and being joyful. And then when he switches gears uh, later on in the chapter, I mean, he focuses and he hits this point here about like how forgiveness uh, or, or how how um, when we confess our sins, that it's this healing, that it heals us. And then he goes in and he says, the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. And I think that's really important for us to understand that when we are striving to be righteous, when we are practicing spiritual disciplines, right? Like our whole goal is to, to get closer to God and to practice these, these qualities, these things that Christ calls us uh, to, to have. And that's what confession truly is. Confession is this, this release and um, and this perfect idea of truly who we are. Um, what it really reminds me of is it really reminds me of the Beatitudes when we talk about confession. It reminds me of where Christ calls those, um, um, you know, blessed are those who mourn, you know, and, and, and when we mourn, we truly have this understanding of the sins that we've committed and we truly understand um, what Jesus did and what he died for us. And so when we get on later in our Christianity and we keep this walk, when we confess, it's that same healing that's going on there, that we, we realize that we stumbled and that we failed. Um, and so we confess those things. And it doesn't matter if it's big um, or if it's small, if it's something that you confess to your neighbor uh, that you did, or if it's something that you feel like you need to go before the church and confess. I think when we have confession, in our heads, we always think of, you know, you know, so-and-so who walked down front on Sunday morning, you know, yeah. um, and, and, you know, we all know some people who like, you know, I, I mowed over a tomato and I cursed, so I'm going forward on Sunday, you, you know, and um, where do we draw the line and where, where is it at with that public confession and, and what's the difference between public confession, private confession uh, or individual confession. I know yeah. I'm not supposed to ask the questions. I'm the guest. No, but, but no. <laughs> yeah, those are those are fantastic questions, and and those are things that that I've often wondered. You know, sometimes I, I I've you know I think a lot of us and those who are watching are familiar with the you know however however public the sin is is how public the confession needs to be, and mm. I understand that logic, but that also kind of discourages. The more private sins that might need, hey, I might need more prayers, mm -hmm. you know, of, of a more, more generic, uh, more support. Now, uh, and I, this isn't in our show notes again, but uh, as we were talking, this this popped in my head, and it wasn't a confession moment. It's more about kind of a similar uh, principle that we, you know, we still have to be careful with who we decide to confess things to, mm -hmm. right? You know, not just oh. So and so is, you know, likes isn't very, you know, trustworthy. Well, I'm going to tell him my biggest, darkest secret, you know, biggest, darkest, you know, sin that I struggle with. Well, there's some wisdom. Yeah, the, there's some wisdom behind that, you know, to, to do that or not to do that. But I remember my friend in college, uh, he um, was in the same room with me. He was going through something, you know, really hard for him. And another guy from our dorm was in our room. Basically saying, it's the Bible says to, you know, you know, share one another's burdens. So you have to tell me, and I'm like, bro, he doesn't have to tell you anything. He just has to share it with somebody, you know. And he's choosing not to tell you. I mean, this guy was like trying to get him to tell him for like 15 minutes, and I was like, you need to leave. This is not helpful anymore. 
Right. right? You, you know, so we can misapply this and say, well, we have to confess everything to everybody. Well, then that that's not what the scriptures say. It just says to practice confession, to confess your sins to one another. But that also means we have to be people who are trustworthy, yeah, who will sure. provide healing and not the opposite. And there are, there are some of these that we kind of go through and look at. Um, you know, you think about the disciplines. You've got, you know, prayer, fasting, meditation. Um, most of them are, are very, I don't want to say visible, but they're kind of task-oriented, right? Uh, you can see some way that this is a discipline. Confession is one that's kind of harder to, to incorporate as a discipline in our minds sometimes because maybe because we don't want to address it. Um, but it's one of those sections of the discipline. Then you find confession in, in almost every list of any of the spiritual disciplines, however they're compiled. Um, but how do we fold this into our, our conversation about the spiritual disciplines? What is it that, that makes confession disciplinary? Got any thoughts along those lines? I'm happy to share my thoughts. Yeah. If you've got them, you know, yeah. I, I think I'd love it, for you to continue or yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I got something. I, I think it's because uh, disciplines are something it's not about. I think we said this before. It's not about trying harder. It's about training more wisely and more effectively. So, you yeah. know, so part of confession means, you know, it's something we have to train ourselves toward. Because, again, being vulnerable isn't something that we can just try harder to harder to be vulnerable. Well, no, it's something we have to do properly and build up over time. You don't just start off by saying, okay, I'm bearing everything, because then you overshare if you just try too hard. It's about, you know, training yourself to wisely know the appropriateness of maybe it needs to be I'm going to come to someone in private and say, hey, I need to unburden myself about some stuff because I need some help. But then standing up in front of Bible class and saying, blah, 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 just spilling all your, your sins in the middle of class would might in some situations may not be the appropriate time yeah so there's a fine line there right i remember uh, the first time i had been you know in the car business for a while and it was my first saturday to work with my crew that i worked with on saturdays and every saturday they said hey you know what before we go to work we all meet at um, let's just say jim's cafe we all meet at jim's cafe and then we go into work together and so we go into this uh, restaurant, I'm changing names to protect people as if, you know, those people from, from there are actually listening, but in case they are, right? <laughs> we go into this restaurant and we sit down and our waitress comes over um, and I said, hey, Amy, how are you? And as I'm saying, how are you? My partner looks over at me and he's like, Ugh. and my waitress sat down at our table when I asked her how she was and she began to tell her whole life story. And after about 15 minutes, one of the other workers came over and said, Amy, you have tables that need coffee. And so she got up, she said, I'll be right back. And as she walked off, my partner goes, man, I forgot to tell you, we don't ask Amy how she is. She'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, there, there is this fine line between, like you said, oversharing and just, you know, creating this, this world in which we're dwelling in a cesspool of our failures um, and, you know, true, genuine, authentic confession. Um, and I think what makes it disciplinary is learning how to walk that line. Yeah. Um, that line between, yes, I recognize that we are all sinful. We're all fallen. We're, we all have things that we need to confess. Um, and there are things that I need to continually confess before God. There are some things in my life that a blanket confession, acknowledgement of my sin, you know, is is sufficient because I'm just, if all I ever did was recounted every wrong that I did every day, you know, I, I would never stop because it's just, the list is long. That's not healing. That's right. Yeah. It's that's, not healing. That's, that's picking a scab. Right. You know, a scab will never heal if you continue to pick it. Yeah, and so that, that act of discipline brings us to this space where we understand what is it that needs attention to, to address? What is it is, is, a, is a part of a, a habitual process of my life that needs to be corrected? Um, what are some things that need to maybe be connect or confess in a more public fashion? 
I've got a couple of friends. I'm like, Hey guys, I really need you to hold me accountable in this. Mm. There's some yeah. things that I have. There's some things that I can be accountable to God for. And there are some things that I need a whole church in order to be accountable to. And I think the disciplinary part of it comes in, it comes in the practice. You know, as we learn to practice confession, we learn more and more how to distinguish between those things uh, to become people that just kind of live in that, in that arena. Definitely. And, and I think part of, part of the, the, that means a lot of preparation has to take place, you know, preparing our minds, which means a lot of self-examination has to take place, you know, and acknowledgement, you know, you know, that's why we went back to the, how do we admit that I was wrong? Well, if we don't ever think we're wrong, well, you know, the truth's not in us, but you know, but in, in multiple ways, but it, it's, we have to prepare ourselves and say, man, what actually do I need improvement in? What things have I actually, you know, failed at that, that I need to, to admit the fact that I failed not only being Christ-like, but maybe I failed my friends. Maybe I failed my wife. Maybe I failed my kids. And that's, that's difficult. That's, that's definitely difficult. I have a hard time uh, not thinking of Psalms 32 uh, when I think of confession, right? Um, and especially what we were just talking about. So verse 3, it says, uh, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away uh, through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up uh, as by the heat of summer. Uh, and so here, here David's talking about, like, having this burden that's on them. And um, honestly, like... Um, my family, uh, we have we have back problems uh, as a family. Uh, my dad has it, and I have it too. Um, except for the funny thing is what they're what it's tied to. Um, it's tied to our stress, um, and and I connect so much with Psalms thirty two here uh, when it when it comes to confession because Josh, I am wrong sometimes. Uh, I know you heard it here on Crosswinds. They got they got it out of me. Uh, I have been wrong, and uh, I've also been in a, a a position where like I needed to come clean about something, and um, man, it takes that toll on your body. And so, all of you out there, like I know this is weird, and I'm you might have never thought about this, but Christianity is Western religion. Okay, so all those other Western religions out there that that talk about, you know, enlightenment and meditation and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to get kicked off the show here. You know, right click, kick me out. But <laughs> like it's got to be based off of something, right? And I think sometimes it's it's based off of some of these freeing aspects of uh of reality and faith and and when we confess, I think there are physical changes that can happen. Um and that's what I was really trying to relate to at the beginning when I said it sets us free is right. it is truly like this physical healing moment for us where your body can relax because it is out there and it's, and it is freeing. And when you have that person and this is that mental state, this is what takes it to be a discipline in my opinion is that is, is a discipline for me is this big act of trust. My life will be better if I pray more, my life will be better if I fast and I remember who's in control of my life. My life will be better if I confess my sins and I say, hey, I, I was wrong. Or better yet, one of my favorite things is, not one of my favorite things, that sounds wrong, but one of the things that I go to is, is I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm truly sorry. Um, I don't know that I did anything wrong. If I did something wrong, I'm sorry. If I didn't do something wrong, I don't care. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I'm sorry that this happened. I'm sorry. You know, and uh, being apologetic uh, for me is is the same thing, a part of that. Um, and so when we confess, we acknowledge our sins. So verse five, it says, I acknowledge my sins to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And that's what we're looking for. When yeah. we confess, we are looking for forgiveness, but who are we looking for forgiveness from? 
you know. Right. Ha- and I think a lot of times that's that's the fear of confession is that, hey, if I confess to Josh, is he going to forgive me? And we forget that I'm confessing to Josh and God. And right. when I confess, God forgives. Now, hopefully Josh forgives too, but that's on Josh, and that's a whole nother discipline, right, when you guys – talk next week or in two weeks about forgiveness and what truly forgiveness looks like uh but when we confess we're fulfilling half of that promise i think or or part of that promise that god is going to forgive us bless us and free us yeah and and i want to real quick josh uh that goes along the lines of what my mom put in the chat saying you know sometimes it's hard for us to confess to god we have to train ourselves uh, to confess not as a list, mm-hmm. but as a true desire, mm-hmm. not only for forgiveness, but to, but to become more godly. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what, what you were getting at. Mm-hmm. But we almost treat it like either like a list or, oh no, if I don't confess correctly, then mm-hmm. I won't have forgiveness. Or if Josh doesn't forgive me, then, I have, then I've done something wrong and I have to keep doing something else. You know, once I confess, say I, I've, I've, you know, talked bad about Josh and spread all kinds of bad things about him, I'm gonna go to Josh and say, man, I, I'm sorry for that. God forgives, and if Josh doesn't, well, do I need to keep going back and mm. pestering Josh? Josh, I'm sorry. Josh, I'm sorry. Josh, I'm sorry. Or is that just gonna make Josh more angry? <laughs> <laughs> I just say, hey, I'm glad I can, I can, I can be your straw man argument for the the unforgivable of course, guy. Of right? course. So, um, or the unforgiving guy. <clears throat> no, I, I love Psalm 32. Um, and they usually go from Psalm 32 to Psalm 36 and, and mm-hmm. or not, I mean, Psalm six, when it comes to personal confession, because it, it embraces just what you were talking about. He begins by saying, Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Do not discipline me in your wrath. Um, and, I, and I think about like some advice I was given um, as a young father by some guys that had been through it before me. They said, never discipline your children when you're angry. Mm. You know, you will, you will always regret um, giving out discipline in a state of emotion. Take a moment, think, collect yourself, and then you distribute the discipline. Um, and so, I, I mean, I picture that very fatherly image there. Be gracious to me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me. My bones are shaking. My whole being is shaking with terror. Um, and you, Lord, how long? Rescue me, save me from your, or because of your faithful love, for there is no remembrance of you in death, and who can thank you in Sheol? Right, and so there's this acknowledgement of where our, our, our position there leads. There's also an acknowledgement that this is terrifying. Yeah. Um, and it, it's equally as terrifying, but as a human, you have that same kind of, Man, I'm I'm laying myself open here. I am admitting that I was wrong. Yeah. And what if my admission gets rejected? And then what am I going to do? Um, we know who God is, and and in our in the depth of our heart, as, as difficult it is, we know God's not going to reject our confession. And that is, we're not so certain it's, that that is not going to happen when it comes to even people that we love in our lives. You know, and so. Um, it requires this very disciplined response um, to the things that we uh, need to kind of get out in the open in order to, uh, to get to that healing and, and to come back to this place, like you said, to, to achieve the freedom that Jesus has said, this is the life I've made for you. It's not a life of burden. It's not a life of, of, of heaviness. It's a life of sacrifice, but it is a life of freedom and joy and abundance. Mm-hmm. This heavy load you have to bear around with you all the time. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and uh, we keep bringing up this this healing word, and uh, it's a different direction than what we have, uh, you know, in, in our notes here. But but uh, but I really wanted us to, to kind of switch focus and, and think about how confession can also provide healing for others. Mm. And uh, uh, I'm reminded of um, uh, it was a video done by I believe. It was um, a place uh, called Hashtag Media back in the day. They're, they're no longer making uh, videos. Um, but it was, you know, confessing for his glory. And, you know, he, he talked about, 
you know, how if I've been through something, how, how unloving would it be for me to watch idly by someone else go through the same thing and not say, hey, I've done that too, but I found my way out. You know, and, and that's why I think that's the other benefit of confession is, is also why practicing the discipline to being comfortable with being vulnerable, not just before God, but before others to say, hey, I've been where you are. And, and that takes guts because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they already know they're, you know, I hate to use the word broken because, you know, people aren't, you know, damaged goods, but we're broken when we have sin. And but the good thing is that we can find healing from our brokenness through the blood of Christ. And if we've been through that process, then that's why this is so important. Yeah, I think I think it has a lot to do with humility, uh, to be honest. Like, yeah. uh, I think when we're humble and, and when we're when we're in that state, like we we have an idea of, of who we truly are and, and what we truly are. And, you know, and that is imperfect. You know, Christ yeah. is making me perfect, but I'm still imperfect. That reminded me a lot of uh, a couple of years ago, I had a kid in the youth group and I'd never in my life wanted to give a kid a gold star uh, more ever. Um, we decided to do like senior speeches at like this little devotional one time. I don't know what came over me, but I was like, you know what? I got a couple senior boys here. Do you guys have anything you want to say? Uh, and what, and he said, and I was like, wow, that was amazing. Did you guys all hear that? Maybe you should see that, say that louder. But he said, you know, when you, when you choose not to speak up in Bible class, you are, you might be robbing somebody else of what God wanted them to hear that night. Um, and I was like, I don't think I've ever heard a high schooler say something as profound as that, um, you know, and that just reminded me of exactly what you were saying. Like, um, I think when we confess, that becomes part of our story. And we yes. all know that, like, one of our best tools for evangelism, one of our best tools uh, to walk alongside and build relationships with other people is our story. Um, and so when we confess um, and I don't think we need to dwell in because I think that's part of that healing is that, you know, you don't live in this. You don't live in that sin defines me. What defines me is the fact that God forgave me of that, you know, of that grace and that mercy. Uh, and so that's that's really what I kind of think of. Uh, and that's what made me think of that when when you said yeah. all that. Yeah, You know, Paul used that. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he said, man, here's what I used to do. I'm no longer that man. And he used right. that as to tell his life story. And that's when he was the most powerful in, in being an, a, an ambassador for Christ. Mm-hmm. said, man, here's what I used to do, but I'm no longer that man. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, a, that's a story worth sharing. It's a, it's a hard thing, man, especially as a, as a preacher, as a minister, as a, as a youth minister, as an associate minister. When you are a leader of people. Children's minister. Hey, children's <laughs> minister, yeah. I mean, hey, if you're a leader of anybody, <laughs> right? I just want to make sure you got them all in there. I got you. I'm, I'm sorry. looking at you guys, though. I don't oh. want to isolate either one of you for sure. Um, when you are a leader of people, yeah, you're out. You're a leader of people, and admitting, <laughs> admitting flaws is difficult. Absolutely. And um, accepting praise is also difficult, especially when, I mean, we know that if I am doing this job for my glory, I am going to fail. Right. Yeah. I, I am I am going to fail. It is it is written in stone. It, it you've seen it in the people that have gone before us and that are working with us. We see it in the news every day. People that are in it for their own position and power and authority are going to fail. Mm-hmm. And so when, when people come and say, Man, that was that was a really good lesson, sermon, camp, whatever, you know, we have a hard time saying thank you. Um because I know what they mean, but I don't want to think I'm taking all the glory for it. And so we have to try to walk this line. Um, one of my ways of confessing to, to our people that I acknowledge my own humanity, my own flaws is by saying, look, I'm really glad it spoke to you. I, I preach to the mirror and I hope it resonates with the people that, that are in the crowd, you know? And, um, you know, I think about that with all the things that we do, that way of just kind of demonstrating um, I recognize my flaws. I recognize my failure. I recognize my humanity. Even if I'm in a position of leadership, even if I'm in a position where people are 
looking, seeking, following. Um, they may still place me in, on a pedestal, and that's fair because it's the position that we've called to hold. But if you're going to stand me up on a pedestal, you're going to know that you are standing a flawed human being up on a pedestal. Amen. Flaws and all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that keeps me, it, it, it keeps me accountable to myself. It keeps me accountable to our people. But more importantly, it keeps me accountable um, to my God. So, Well, I think that's really important. When we talk about confession, um, man, that is like, that is such a, that is such a deep conversation right there, right? Because mm-hmm. that's, that's one of those fears again of, hey, if I confess this, I've trapped myself. And now right. you think this of me, you know what I mean? And yep. instead it, it needs to be this freeing thing. And so we need to be able to, one, we need to be able to bring ourselves to confess, but we have also got to get it right in our head that it is okay for other people to confess to us. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. It's okay if you're an elder or a shepherd and you need to confess some sins. You know, I think for me, for me, I look at that and I go, man, that is a model. That is a role model that mm-hmm. I that I want to be like. If uh, uh, one of the shepherds uh, that I've worked with in the past, he he's come up to me and and he has said, Aaron, I was wrong, and I just want to apologize to you. I, I took this out on you. I had this going on in my life, and the last time we had a conversation, you know, you know, I gave you a good tongue lashing. Uh, and it had nothing to do with you. It was where I was at. And yeah. you know what? I did not walk away from that conversation going, yeah, that's right. I'm glad you said sorry because you were yeah. – I, I walked away from that going, <laughs> you know what? I've been I'm, shepherded. I, yeah. Well, I looked at him and I went, you know, and I'm really sorry because I probably overreacted in the moment because, you know, and maybe I got defensive because, you know. Like it got to this moment where there was like this mutual respect. Right. And I wish, I wish like we could do more of that. Um, I, I tell a story. Uh, I've told it multiple times in different sermons. It's, it's a, it's a sad story. It's a bad story, but you know, it was my first person I've ever, I ever tried to reach out with the gospel. I did it in probably the worst way possible. You know, that, you know, I talked about, you know, Hey, yeah, if you're not baptized, you're going to hell, you know, cause that won her over. Um, and I like confess that I like I worry about that, and I'm I feel bad that that's the way that that encounter went, and that kind of ruined that friendship, you know, that I had with said person. And um, um, but what always makes me sad about that is I always have people after that story come up and say, you know what? I think God will forgive you for that. You don't need to worry. It's like that that wasn't the point of the story, you know. The point of the story was this, and the point of the sermon was this, and you know, don't worry about me. Like I'm confessing this to you, um, for you to get this bigger picture or to see this other thing. And so, um, but we, we've got to be able to, we've got to change as a people, I think. And confession needs to be, it's got to get away from this idea of, of entrapment, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I don't, I don't know how we do that other than just practice up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, put it into practice. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Examine yourself, prepare for it, and start start doing it. I mean, as leaders, we start just kind of exemplifying it. Yeah, start letting from the top. know that, hey, this is a part of who we are. Yeah. It's part of who we are as Christians, as a body, as a church. We are a people. We're a people of thanksgiving. We're a people of gratitude. We're a people of love. We're a people of confession. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, that's how we do. Yeah, and, 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 even. yeah definitely. And uh, before we, we start wrapping up, uh, I wanted to – to kind of also we've we've hit all the way around it we've kept you know hitting around this point uh getting we're getting really close to it but confession as part of that healing it also demands change mm. you know it, we can't say oh yeah I, yeah i did that but i don't care you know that's not true confession or yeah i do that i'm not going to change that that's not true confession and uh, i'm not going to say his name uh because he would not want me to um and i and I actually wasn't at that actual devotional, but uh, I, I don't like at a lot of Christian universities. We have dorm dev- devos, and sometimes different floors in the dorms would have different devos. Some clubs would have different devotionals. Uh, you know, always after curfew for whatever brilliant idea that was, right? So, but I but I heard the story and it and I know it happened because I talked to him about it after. But he was uh, he was giving the lesson about 
you know, purity and about, you know, different topics. And uh, it was in his dorm room and he had glanced over and looked at where his DVD rack was. And he and he paused and went, you know what, guys? And he went and like threw them all in the trash. And because uh, he like like he had a lot of movies that were I guess he viewed as not being uh, appropriate, or are not being godly, and he threw them in the trash and went, okay, now I need someone to throw them away for me because I don't know if I could make it down to the to the dumpster, but but he went, you know, I, I need to confess something, and then it he didn't say, yeah, I probably shouldn't have those, nah, but I'll keep them anyway, you know, he had moved past the I'm gonna bear something with you guys, and then you know what. I do need to make a change and I'm going to confess, but I'm also going to back that up with change. And now that's part of his story. And if, you know, I'm not sharing his name for, you know, for obvious reasons, but, but I would not be surprised if he uses that story and, and says, Hey man, I, I used to be there. You know, for me, it was, I had 300 gigs of, of movies and TV shows in a hard drive one time. And, uh, and I had the, the moment of, Oh, I probably shouldn't have these. You know, select all, delete, walk out of the room. You know, you know, somebody go, no, don't let me back in my dorm room for like an hour, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's I, part of our I story. Re- I remember growing up at church camp, and this will date me, right? So that's like back when uh, uh, all that downloading music, you know, and downloading programs had all of a sudden. Was it LimeWire, right? Like, it was so, no, yeah, LimeWire. Lime <laughs> Nep, Neps, Napster or whatever. Napster was that, yeah, that was a little that, later. Yeah, that was a little bit later. But um, and I remember sitting at church camp, and one of the guys who would always lead worship came up and he said, "Hey, you know what? This has been on my heart, and you know I have this downloaded version of of Photoshop and downloaded version of and started naming off some of these like you know programs that we always use that cost a lot of money." And I I remember that, and that that has always stuck with me um that public confession and that declaration of i'm gonna do it differently and i'm gonna change and when i'm gonna get home um i'm gonna delete them off of my computer you know kind of things and uh that was that was a powerful moment for me and like a changing moment for me and and being a young christian um was hearing him say that and then do that um you know i i have teenagers who are like oh yeah i just torrented that um, you know, and I used to torrent stuff, uh, you know, and, yeah. and then I, I came to the realization of that's stealing, you know, right. <laughs> um, you get down all the way to the point where it's like, you know, you go and order a water cup uh, and you put Sprite in it, you know, <laughs> like that's stealing, you know, and that is wrong before the eyes of the Lord, you know, yeah, so I'm all going of to you, one of the, one of the guys that we, uh, a mentor right now is like no mm-hmm. like I, I didn't pay for a coke um if you want a coke um go buy a coke here's here's two bucks go get it i one you time know. had to march a team <laughs> back in uh from the van because i knew he did not get a coke and then he went to the employee he said hey do you care if i put sprite in this and the employee said oh no it's fine and he was like see aaron it's fine and i said it's not his approval that you have to have it's God's and right. that is stealing. I said, if you want a Coke, you pay for it or you pour that out. Well, isn't that just wasteful? I, said, I don't care. It's not the point. Um, yeah. And that was, it's worth it. That was after that was a, that was a long fight and it was a hard fight. And it was after uh, like a work camp day. So you're hot and you're tired. Um, but that's, you know, and, and that's, I don't even know what point I was trying to make, but it's that idea of, yeah. of confessing. Right. And then making that change and making that actual change. Um, I'm, glad, so. I'm glad you brought around this to this. Um, it's not something that we want to talk about, right? I mean, change is rough. Yeah. Um, this is probably a good place to kind of wrap up. But, you know, I had a, uh, a friend who, you know, confessed to some, you know, pornography had cost him his job. Mm. And he stood up in front of our Bible class and he said, it all started with this right here. This right here is where my journey began. And he, and he confessed to the class all the things he had done. He came words and he said, would you be my accountability partner? And I said, absolutely. He said, give me your phone. phone. And um, he said, I can't give you my phone. I was like, no, you can. He said, I can't. I said, I have to, um, I have job applications. He said, you have a computer at your house, right? 
Like, yes. I said, well, give me your phone and do your job applications on your computer and answer your emails on your computer. Well, what if they call? It's like, I have a flip phone at home. We can swap the SIM card out this afternoon. And he said, I can't get rid of my phone. I said, then I can't be your accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually he came and he said, here's my phone. Um, and I get, and he took a flip phone and, and, and we started that long journey of, of accountability because when I confess, um, it, it requires me to get to that point of, I, I, now that I'm going to have to tell my people that I've just confessed to, is this confession genuine or am I just checking a box? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, am I really going to do this in a godly fashion that leads me to a path of repentance and healing and freedom? Or am I going to do it in a way that just kind of brings me sympathy and I get to kind of go back and continue doing the things that I just confessed, but I have a little more time to do them now because I've already confessed once. And now I got a little while before that burden builds up again. My mother always said, Aaron, don't say sorry unless you mean it. And and then she would say, do you know what sorry means? And I'd say, no, sorry means you're not going to do it again. So I don't want you to tell me sorry if you're going to turn around to do it again. Yeah. Okay, that's one of those. That that's a closing statement for you right there. That the simple words can be the most profound. Can't that they? is like one of those tough love moments that my mom gave me, where you know when I'd I say fine. sorry for doing something, yeah, and she'd say don't say sorry unless you mean it. Sorry means you're not going to do it anymore. Yeah, definitely, confession means that we're making a change. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, everybody, uh, here on the Crossways Podcast. Uh, Joshua, it's always a pleasure. Aaron, thanks for being here. You're welcome. And, thanks for having uh, me. I've been watching some of y'all's podcast, and I'm glad you got to, to join this one. And uh, we got to actually talk, uh, not via comment section. But for those who are watching, uh, thank you also for joining us. As always, uh, we are here every Thursday at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central here on the Crossways Podcast. Uh, these videos, or these podcasts, I guess, are brought to you by Holly Hill, Church of Christ, and the Ministry League. If you're not familiar with the Ministry League, uh, check it out. We got all kinds of free resources, all kinds of uh, uh, podcasts, uh, adding new ones almost uh, weekly, uh, about a couple a new month. And uh, download the app. It's uh, known for uh, lots of free songs and other uh, wonderful resources. We'll see you guys next week.